0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy.
1: The craziness of life tires us through the year, and it can be easy to lose sight of how life can be so beautiful and grandiose. The season of Advent is one that brings new life to the world as the year comes to an end. Monotony, stress, frustration, and more loom over the air. But as we find ourselves in the midst of this waiting, this season of anticipation, my hope is that you can look up. When walking down the street on any normal day, I find myself looking at the ground as I take each step. As I hurry from class to work, work to dinner, dinner to meetings, I notice myself looking at the ground as I walk with my mind racing from thing to thing, and I find myself just trying to get through the day. This happens every single day. I don't know if it's just because I'm so focused on squeezing every ounce out of every day, adding more and more until I lose sight of the moment, or if it is just habitual, but I have noticed something unique in these last few months. There are days where I find myself noticeably more sick of the same old, same old status quo. It hit me one day, on one of the first gorgeously cool days of fall. I realized I was missing something and I just felt like I needed to look up. In looking up, I got to see the vibrant colors of fall that caught my eye. I got to see people out and about laughing as I walked by. I got to feel the cool breeze nip at my nose, and I noticed the way the fresh air made me feel and a smile spread across my face as my two ears slowly froze. By looking up, my perspective changed. Everything in my life stayed the same. I still had the same classes, the same job, the same dinner routine, the same meetings, but I decided to choose joy. I chose gladness that was not based on my circumstances. That is what I mean when I say my hope is for you to look up. 2020 has been a tremendously long whirlwind for all of us. We are exhausted from this new normal that came so abruptly and harshly. But we are still here, and whether we want Christmas or not, it is a chance to bring life and joy back into the picture. Christ is coming, and Christ is here, and his gifts to us can be found in Scripture. 1 Peter 1.8 reads, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So today, I want to challenge you to look up, not just at the world around you, but far past to the one who is coming, the very one that is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Look up and find his joy that exists in the beauty of his name, and he will bring you more gladness than you can ever imagine. Fall on your knees and thank God for everything in your life count your blessings, rejoice in every circumstance, and above all, remember the miraculous gift that his life is. Life is beautiful, it is grandiose, and it is fleeting. His joy will keep your head up even when you feel like looking down. Let's put him back at the center of our lives and live this life more abundantly. Joy to the world, for the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart Prepare him room, and heaven and nature will sing. Let's choose joy today.
0: We are in Isaiah 61, if you want to turn there this morning. And I was thinking as we were singing this song of the shepherds in the fields and the star of Bethlehem, and if you haven't seen it on Facebook, December 21st, we will be able to see the Christmas star, as they call it. And it's where the planets align together and make it so bright. And this hasn't happened in like 800 years. So make sure you mark your calendars. What's funny to me, it hasn't happened in like 800 years, but then the next one is in 60 years. I'm like, I don't even know how that kind of timing works with the planets and things, but that's, that's something to look forward to. And I, I just feel like in 2020, we need that. We need a little extra oomph. We need a little joy, right? Well, we've looked at hope. We looked at peace and today is joy. Read with me in Isaiah, starting with verse one, chapter 61, verse one. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago, and they will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Verse 8, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. Dear Heavenly Father, this is your word. May the message come out as your spirit sees fit today. And may it change us because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So this time of year, joy should be the easiest thing we can grab a hold of. Right? It's the holly jolly time of year. Your Christmas playlists are are rocking around the Christmas tree in your cars and at home. Or at least mine and Bo's are rocking. I don't know what y'all got, but yeah. Lights, tinsels, we finally got our tree up. And I have to tell y'all, I don't know. We tried to figure out how to have y'all just pass through my house to look at my tree because I promise you, in the 15 years of us doing Christmas parties, this is the perfect tree this year. Of course it is. And nobody's going to see it. The perfect tree. I mean, there's no holes. You can't even see through this thing. It's so full. We just, we sit around at night and go, that's the perfect tree. And nobody's going to see it. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't know. They, they tried to figure out how we could do a Zoom party. I, I was like, we don't get good enough service at our house to do a Zoom party. But I think they just wanted to continue playing Dirty Santa over Zoom. I don't know. But the glimmer and the shine of this time of year should distract us for a moment. But for many of us, all the lights, all the glitter, all the holly jolly, is not really enough. It's not bright enough to erase the pain of grief. It's not bright enough to take away the darkness of financial issues right now. In fact, this time of year kind of exaggerates that for some families. It's not enough to take away the loneliness and heartache we feel so often around the holidays. Oh, we try. What's, what's that saying? We try to fake it till we make it through the holidays a lot of times. And, and maybe you rolled your eyes at the thought of, oh, to, this week is joy week, so I really got to paint it on. And honestly, masks have made that really easy, hasn't it? Like we can hide so much. These days. In fact, I told Thomas, I'm more worried about when we stop wearing masks because I've got to retrain myself not to make those faces under there that people will see. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, this, yeah, I got to have my mask. I'm going in for this conversation. Yeah, definitely a mask. I mean, let's be honest. Joy, sometimes we think this time of year is for others, but it's just not really for me this year. It's been a rough year. And I know several of us, Sandy and I talked about this the other day, several of us that have lost siblings this year, you know, and that's, that's okay. Actually, if that's how you feel today, like, BJ, I don't know how I can paint on that face of joy. That's honest. That's real. And it's pretty accurate for today's passage, actually. Remember, we're back in Isaiah. We did this a couple of weeks ago when we started with hope. So we're back in Isaiah where the people of God are looking into the ruins of Jerusalem. And they're grief stricken by all that they've lost. Man, that feels like 2020, right? And remember the hopelessness we talked a couple of weeks ago, the hopelessness that they felt. Probably not a lot of peace about what they were coming home to, and really, you expect them to feel joy when they're looking at everything they have to rebuild? You know, I know we're kind of inching up on New Year's, and everybody's getting excited about 2021. Yes, we're so done with... Can I be honest? January 1st, not a lot's going to change. It really isn't. I mean, we have hope. This week was a a week of actually hope for us that this vaccine is starting to roll out and we're going to see over the next, I think today, maybe the first shipments of it going out kind of deal. And so, you know, healthcare workers, they're seeing hope. People are starting to see a little bit of hope, but we still got to be patient. A lot of things are not going to change. We saw here uh, in Isaiah 61, Something that, depending on what version you're looking at, mine, the the NLT said, the time of the Lord's favor has come. What this is talking about, maybe you've heard before, the year of Jubilee. This is what this is referring to. Behold, he comes riding on the, I tried to get Brittany and them to do Days of Elijah. It's the year of Jubilee. I love that song. I can't sing it, but I love that song. Those of you that have done district, you know what it is. when, When pastors sing it, oh, we love that. So the year of Jubilee, what does that mean? So there's four primary economic codes that the children of God would have followed. First, tithing. This is Sandy's favorite, tithing. <laughs> as church secretary, this is her favorite, tithing. And used to, when I was interim, when I would fill in as pastoring, I always preached on tithing because I said, I can do it because, you know, I can be tough and walk away. Oh, I'm a pastor now. Oops. I can still be tough. Tithing is something God instituted for, for his people to give 10% of whatever they made, they raised, uh, back in that day, it would have been even agrarian, where, you know, based on animals, based on their, uh, gardens, whatever they're raising for us today, it's more or less based on your, your paycheck, but 10% and it goes into the storehouse of your church to help pay the, the care of the, the pastors and to help take care of the poor. Some of those things and, and this church has done awesome. I can't fuss at you guys because through COVID, you know, we started with COVID and was like, okay, like, here's the the tentative plan to buckle down on. And, you know, Sandy's been telling us actually giving is pretty good. It's even up. And honestly, I've heard that in so many other churches here lately. And that is such a blessing. When people continue, even when they think it's fearful, they continue to give. The second economic code would have been Sabbath. So every seventh day, you took a Sabbath of rest, right? For me, my day of Sabbath is different than yours because today's a work day for me. So I pick another day during the week, that becomes my Sabbath. And then there's also what we call a seven-year rest. So every seven years, the land and the animals got to rest. Third economic code was gleaning. This is where the edge of the fields would have been left unharvested. So that the poor, the refugees, travelers coming through, this is where they could pick food to eat off of. Think of it like a welfare system. It it was how they helped the people that were in need. So they purposely had to leave the edge of their fields ungleaned. So the year of Jubilee, what is this? So that seven-year Sabbath... They would go through seven cycles, so 49 years. And on the 50th year, it was the year of Jubilee. And what would happen in that time, it was a reset button, like a reboot. All debts are canceled, right? Land, family land that that you had to sell off because of your debts, it gets returned. You get to return to your family land. And prisoners are set free. And you're like, what? Open the prison gates? You have to understand, back then, the majority of the people in prison would have been in prison because of financial debts they owed. That's how they wound up in prison to pay off that debt. And so on that 50th year, everything got reset. Reset. Now, the problem with this is in the Bible, we see where they, the first three things, the tithing and and the gleaning and the Sabbath, we see where the people of God, they observe these things. We really don't find evidence of that year of Jubilee. But man, can you imagine the joy one would feel? I mean, let's think about it right now, people. If I told you 2021 year of Jubilee is coming. Yeah, that would be a lot of joy when you're not trying to scrape by paycheck to paycheck anymore to get those debts paid off. Now, that don't mean go spending on Christmas and increasing the debt, I'm just saying. But do you understand? Can you Just think of your own situation you live in. And if somebody declared the year of Jubilee, how awesome would that be? All debts paid, family land returned, prisoners set free. So a year of Jubilee was a year of grace and hope and joy. And that's what we're seeing here. But now we have to be realistic. You know, we see despair. You know, I just talked about that, that it's, it's hard sometimes this time of year for us because of the things we've lost. So we see despair, but where we see something lost, God sees a way to make something new. The children of God, so they're looking at the ruins and everything they've lost, but God is saying, church, here's what I want to do for you. Down in verse 3, he said, I'm going to give you beauty for those ashes that you're looking at. Because, see, their homes had been burned to the ground. Oh, we know about that, Alvin, Diane. We know about houses. Dorothy, I think you went through a fire. We know about Sandy. We know about looking at ashes. And trying to figure out, what do we do? And God gives them the promise, I'm going to give you beauty for those ashes. He says, I'm going to give you joy instead of mourning. So maybe you're sitting there this morning with that grief of what and who you've lost this year. God says, I'm going to give you joy. I will restore the joy. And he said, I'm going to give you praise. Instead of us talking about, and I've been on this for a couple of months actually with you guys, instead of us talking about what 2020 has taken, let's start talking about what it has given. And I honestly, I bragged on you church the other day with somebody I was having a discussion with. And I said, look, I said, I know 2020 has done a lot of things to us. It's taken a lot away. You know, we're sad looking in our pews this morning because everybody's not with us. But I said, let me tell you some of the good things I've seen my people doing. Let me tell you some of the ways they've loved on their community. And I said, and they would not have done that had it not been for 2020 pushing us into it. Find those joy moments, find those things where God is saying, I'm restoring. So God wasn't just talking about rebuilding a city. He was talking about rebuilding his people. Now this got me excited this week because again, we look at churches different and, and I'm, there's some days and weeks you're going to catch me. And I, if you talk to me, I'm filled with anxiety because I'm like trying to reimagine what church looks like. I'm like, and when God, when can I start putting some of that into place? And every time I think that numbers go up and we have to back off again, you know, and, and there's anxiety, but God says, I'm rebuilding my people. And I've seen so many people become more active in our community that it it excites me to think of coming back together and what that's going to look like for us, working as the church body together. And then he talked about being oaks. That, That at first I was like, what does that mean? But he's talking about, think about our big tree out here. I love our tree. I am, I'm really stuck on that. We're 110 years old. Think what that tree has seen. God says, you're going to be like that big oak that I plant. And when you are living righteously, you're going to represent my glory. Because, see, I look at that tree and I think of our 110 years. And when people look at us and if we're living righteously, we're living in God's glory. That brings us joy. And remember, righteousness means that we're doing what's right because it's right according to what God tells us. And verse four says, you know, I I want you to understand that I'm talking a lot about what God wants to do with his church, with his people, but he needs you and me, not just needs. He wants us to be a part. He wants us to be active members in the kingdom. So we're living in righteousness. That means that you and I are making those choices, doing right, because it's right, because that's what God said. That's being active. Verse 4, it talks about they will rebuild the ancient ruins. Well, that sounds like work to me. That sounds like, Diane, remember a couple of years ago, you had that saying, all hands on deck, you know, and... and Sometimes uh, when we would look at Sunday school rooms empty, it was because we didn't have all hands on deck. You got to have teachers before you bring the students in. So God's kingdom is all hands on deck. He, he wants to bless his people, but he says, I need you to be my hands and feet. I need you to be those active members and then in verse 8, he talks about loving justice, hating the wrongdoing and robbery, right? And and this gives us the picture of what God wants you and I to live like. Because if God loves justice and hates wrongdoing, then as his children, we should too. We should too. But then back to verse 1, you know, these are not just actions. Did, did any of that sound familiar to anybody, verse 1 and 2? It's because in Luke chapter 4, Jesus, when he stood up in his home church to give his sermon, this is what he read from, Isaiah 61. Now, he made them a little bit mad because he stopped in verse 2 right before the good part, they thought. In verse 2, the last part, it says, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. You know, they were waiting that, yeah, yeah, he's coming to get them Romans, isn't he? But Jesus didn't talk about that. He just talked about this first part. And sometimes when we read this, we think, well, yeah, that's what God called Jesus to do. No, that's what he called all of us to do. To anoint us, to bring the good news to the poor. He he sent me to comfort the broken hearted. Church, that's you and I. We become comforters. We become flesh and blood for the Spirit. To proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. You know, Luke chapter 4 was actually that passage when I got my call to preach. It's wrote in one of my old Bibles that David had preached a sermon and, and the Spirit hit me with that passage. But it's not just for pastors is for all of us. Joy is not about our circumstances. See, we, we talked about how hard it is to feel that right now, but that's because we're focused on our circumstances. Joy does not wipe away the hardship. You get to have joy even though nothing changes. We, we heard that in the video this morning, that when she received the joy, it didn't really change circumstances, did it? We still have to pay bills. We're still going to grieve our loved ones that we've lost. And we're still going to have struggles. But joy comes, listen to this, joy comes from knowing God will resurrect and transform the hard part of our lives. I used to hate that phrase when something bad would happen and somebody would tell me, God will turn it into something good. And I used to hate it because if you say it too quickly to somebody, especially when you've lost someone, it feels callous, doesn't it? Like you're like, there can't be anything good that comes out of my loved one passing right now. Like, you know, but then through the years, and you guys know what I'm talking about, something good blossoms out of it that we would have never seen coming That's what joy is from the Lord. When even though bad things happen, we get that peace we talked about last week. Peace that passes understanding, that brings us joy. So verse 10 and 11, let me reread that. It says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. Not in my circumstances. Hear me, church. I'm not overwhelmed with joy because I got so many Christmas presents. I'm not overwhelmed with joy because uh, even even my finances look better. I'm not overwhelmed with joy because somebody gets healed. I'm overwhelmed in joy just because God is who he says he is. Wednesday night we talked about him being faithful, remember? Because of who God is. For he has dressed me. He has dressed me. Nobody else. He has dressed me with the clothing of salvation and draped me in a robe of righteousness. Wow. So how do we see joy, BJ? Because I'm I'm still not feeling it. I'm just blah. And can I be honest with you guys? I struggled with this message this week. Again, joy, this should be a good. I I immediately thought, Diane's favorite message, joy. The joy of the Lord is going to be my strength. Have you clung to that one, Diane, this year? (laughs) <laughs> yes, that was your that was your battle scripture this year. I know. But I tell you I, I struggled because just like you, so many things, so many things that get in our way. And I think sometimes we have to be intentional to find joy. How do we find it? I find it when you see a family who has a generational I call it a generational curse a cycle of abuse and finally somebody breaks loose out of it. You see a family that that has been steeped in poverty for generations back but somebody broke loose and said I'm going to be the first one to go to college and I'm going to make life different. Joy because they were broke free. I see joy when when people that we know are hungry are fed. I see joy when those who are mourning in grief realize you're not alone. Now, you don't have to answer this question, but if you're like me, how many of you are suffering through grief in the holidays this year? Yeah, and it don't have to be new. See, there's no limits on grief. It can be 50 years old or it can be five days old but the hands went up. You're not alone. Others are going through what you are going through. And God is right there. We are called to be the joy bringers. You know, it was the the shepherds in the fields that got that message and went running to the stables. Well, church, you need to go running to a dark world that needs the light of joy. Even when we're hurting, we still have joy to give because I know the certainty of what Christ has accomplished in me that I need to now share with others. What is your story? What has God brought you through? Where did he bring you from? Maybe you're one of those that broke loose from a family generational cycle. So you need to encourage somebody else. There are teens, and kids that need to hear that possibility. Because you know what? Gail Springer's daughter was not supposed to be a preacher. (laughs) And anybody that knew my daddy would have. I just love to see the surprise on their faces. (laughs) But that's what God shows up and does. And we need to share that when we come along someone that we know is struggling through grief. Sometimes it's just good enough to just say, I know what you're feeling. You don't have to fix it. You can't. Sometimes it's just nice to know somebody slips in before COVID and they'd hold your hand, right? (laughs) Or we might come down to the the prayer, the altar, and, and everybody would come around. We can still do that, people. You can still send a text that just says, hey, praying for you today. Send a card. Hey, just thought of you today. And that's all you need to tell them sometimes. That's all you need to tell them. So the year of Jubilee, debts are paid, land is restored, prisoners are set free. Man, that would be so awesome. Well, when Jesus showed up, he read the scripture and he said, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And then he told the crowd, this has been fulfilled in front of you today. Now, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. The true jubilee has not completed yet. What do I mean? See, Jesus, I talked about three things, debt, land, and prisoners. Jesus paid the debt. That has been completed. When he died on that cross, he paid the debt for our sins. In full. Remember, he said, it is finished. Debt's are paid. All clear. When we accept Christ as our Savior, we get returned, restored to our rightful owner just like the, they would have been returned to their, their family land, our Father God who created us, sin separates us. That debt got paid. And when we accept Jesus as Savior, that relationship is restored with our Father and our Creator. And He rightfully owns our soul now. It means we spend eternity with Him. So that part of Jubilee, it's happened. We, we can accept that right here, right now, today. Here's the part, church, that involves you and me. There are still prisoners that don't know the debt's been paid. They don't know the year of Jubilee happened. And you and I, we have to participate to tell others about Jesus Christ. We have to make them, you know, because so many people that even they, they think they know, but then they, they struggle. I don't know, I, man, I don't think I'm good enough. It ain't got nothing to do with you being good enough. It's got to do with being, it'd be like somebody paying your bill at the restaurant and then you arguing with the owner going, well, I don't know. I think maybe I should still pay for it. no. The lady before you paid for it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really feel right accepting that. So I, I really think I need to pay for that. No, it's paid for. You can walk out the door. You're free to go. Yeah, but I, I really... Mm, sounds silly, but that's how many people are living today. They need to know about Jesus Christ and that he paid their sins. You and I need to tell them. You and I need to share that. So when when you're out today or, or tomorrow delivering these food baskets, just share some smiles. I know that's your eyes. Make them eyes crinkle up. Let them see the smile all the way to the eyes. Right now, we can do it. I tell you. Anybody else? You walk around a store and you smile at somebody, and then you walk by and go, "Well, they don't even know I did that. Like that that didn't even register. You know? <laughs> you feel like a smile got wasted these days." Here's the good news. We walked in here and I felt the spirit a little bit heavy. I'm just telling you. And I have felt it all week of like, really, Lord, joy. Can we just like put this one off till next week? Can I like skip ahead? Let's do love. You know, But I like talking about love. Let's talk about joy. But he says, I'm here and I'm working among you. You don't see it yet. You don't feel it yet. But God is working. Among you. And he's working even in that moment of grief to give you beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. Praise for your despair. That's what he wants to give. My question for you, church. Do you want to receive it? Because so many times we're trying to wait till we feel like it. We're trying to wait until, well, BJ, I don't know if I've worked through all the stages yet of grief. I don't care. God is, he's holding his hands out this morning. I'm ready to start restoring in you. I'm ready to heal you. And then you're going to be like that oak tree planted out there. And people are going to see you. They're going to know what you've been through. And they're going to say, wow. Do you see the joy on their face? The joy of the Lord. It's shining bright. and I don't know why, but whatever they got, I need some of that. Are you ready to accept that this morning? Stand with me this morning, church. Dear Heavenly Father, in a time of year where everything is bright, everything is twinkling, and we have the lights, Lord, and and we're trying so hard to light the dark with these things around us, But the problem is that darkness is deep inside of us so many times. God, I am proclaiming this morning for that light to flood every person this morning. May your Holy Spirit move up and down these pews. May your Holy Spirit move over this live stream uh, right now and later when someone catches us again. God, and may they receive those beauty for ashes. (laughs) God, the things that they have been um, in despair about because, Lord, they don't know how to rebuild it, Lord. Maybe that's a job. Maybe their family life is broken right now and everything just feels burned to the ground. And you are offering beauty for those ashes. All they have to do is receive it. Lord, this this morning you're offering joy for the morning, Lord, that can be mourning over our loved ones we've lost in this year. God, that can be mourning over uh, different relationships that are broken that we can't seem to heal. But God, you can restore joy to us. Joy. And Father, this morning you are offering a worship, a praise to come out of us. God, that no matter what we're looking at, may we raise our hands to you, the God most high, our creator, (laughs) who has paid our debt, who has made a way to restore us and set us free. Just reach out and grab it this morning. Dear Lord, I thank you for your spirit here. I thank you, Lord, that I feel like... uh, even though I don't see what the whole message was, I feel like you were working on individuals this morning. And God, uh, I I pray that uh, we will confess to others what you are doing in our lives. I pray that, Lord, those online, let them type in and say, praise God right now because they're receiving what he's offering to. And Father, right here, I am praying. There are people sitting here and I know the stories. (laughs) Maybe this is part of it. The spirit of grief become so heavy and God I give you praise that years ago Diane laid hands on me to lift that off and this morning may your spirit just lay hands on everyone sitting here to lift off that spirit of grief in the name of Jesus your word tells me Lord what we bind on heaven will be bound in or bound on earth will be bound in heaven what we loose from heaven will be loosed here and God I release a spirit from heaven of of healing of joy this morning. Joy doesn't mean we forget our loved ones. Joy just means we find healing to remember them in a good way. Those good memories. God, I pray that over people right now. May they each individually have good memories start popping in their minds right now. The things they love, the things that made them laugh, Lord, the things they want to pass on that they remember about their loved ones. May they remember those things in the name of Jesus. And when we leave here, I want people to see the joy of the Lord on our face. Not because of words preached or even songs sung, but because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen church i love you i believe rada orders are also here today yes i got a thumbs up and see amy joe if you will help deliver the food baskets and we also got some plants to give to different ones too have a blessed day and be a blessing to someone hey i hope you received exactly what you needed from that message
1: if you want to connect with us you can find us on facebook YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find
0: us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.